Hi, it's Josephine here, your performing arts business strategist and coach. I am very excited to share this one with you because I know there's been a lot of uncertainty with numbers in, you know, enrollments into programs and whatnot. However, I want to share with you the reasons why I believe I am now having my best enrollment season ever. Yes, this is during Omicron. This is during the pandemic. I am really hitting numbers that I've never reached before and have had my highest student retention rate this season as well. So for anyone that doesn't know me, you're going to get to know me in this next section after the after the intro, um, because I'm going to share with you what I do, how I did it, why, what my numbers were like as well. So my retention rates, how many um, inquiries I've been receiving versus how many enrollments versus how many um, trials booked. So this really is a session that's going to be perfect for people that have group classes or that run studios or are teachers and facilitate programs or workshops. So I think that's going to be um, really great for you. If you don't do any of those things, you might still pick up some golden nuggets during this um, during this show. So hang on and let's get into it because I really want to share with you what's made this my best enrollment season ever. See you soon. Hey there, I'm Josephine Lankuba and you're listening to Business Arts and All That Jazz. I've been immersed in the creative business world and performing arts industry for over 20 years. I know from experience that being an artist, a creative or running a creative business can be a tough gig, but I'm here to tell you it's possible. I went from having zero dollars to my name and living below the poverty line to then living paycheck to paycheck, to finally living a life of comfort, happiness, passion, and even stability. In this podcast, I peel back the curtain and share with you the ups and downs of my journey. Plus, I tap into the minds of creative industry experts to discover their paths to success. I know you have a spark inside of you, that little voice that tells you to reach for the stars. I want to help you step into your limelight to have the courage to live a life you dream of, a life that you design. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk business, arts, and all that jazz. Okay, so I promised to share with you some of my secrets. Um, (laughs) They're not really secrets. Um, I actually love sharing. Um, Yeah, but some of my secret sauce, I suppose, as to how I've achieved my best uh, enrollment season ever. So firstly, um, let's kick off with the retention. So this isn't about new enrollments. It will be in a sec. But firstly, I want to share retention. Um, because retention is really important and obviously it's, it's just as important as, um, new students. Well, new students continue to be your bloodline to the business, but, um, retention is really, really a key factor in this piece of the puzzle as well. Um, just for those that don't know, I am the director of the Musical Makers Club. Um, I also have other companies, um, including my talent agency, Next Move Studios, but, Let's talk about the Musical Makers Club right now. And guys, if there's anything that you need assistance with down the track, um, you can absolutely um, contact me. I'll be putting all the details in the show notes 
And at the end of this, I'll give you all the information as well. But I do offer private coaching. Um, I've just recently started offering private coaching, specializing in performing arts business strategy, and also can help studio owners and program facilitators build their client base. So if you need help with that, um, please reach out. I'm happy to, happy to have a chat. Um, so firstly, um, yeah, the Musical Makers Club is a youth theatre program. We started in one location in Sydney and now we operate from nine locations across Sydney and Wollongong. Um, just so you know, we do not own our buildings, we sublease. So, you know, we essentially are not a studio per se. We started as a studio in, in essence, we had like a commercial lease and all the things. But what I realized was is that I wanted to um, increase my reach and I wanted to have the Musical Makers Club program in more locations because I really wanted to focus in on the the one core offering, which was production-focused programs um, in musical theatre. So the best way to do that wasn't to run singing and dancing and acting and, and um I don't know, ballet and jazz and tap and ballroom all from one space. The way I created reach was going into multiple locations. So we will run like anywhere from one to four different programs at any one location and just sublease the space for the hours we need each week during term. So that's the Musical Makers Club. Now, um, just so you know, um, I actually hit uh, 93% retention. So America is different to Australia and, you know, other countries, I'm sure, um, where we have different enrolment seasons. So for, for us, I'm going I'm to talk about January being, January, February being the beginning of my enrolment season here in Australia. And that means that it's the beginning of the year. It's when everyone's bustling and ready to enroll. Um, and this is when they're planning what their kids are going to do for the year. So it's the biggest time to grab the enrolments, but it's not the only time. So we enroll all year round. And I think that's important to mention. So don't think, oh my gosh, I didn't implement these ideas and now I've missed the boat. You got to start. So even if you don't, even if you didn't get in before this particular enrollment season, don't worry. Just get started and you'll see um, the improvements over time. But anyway, we had a 93% retention rate from December to February. So December is when we we wrap up all of our productions, people do their shows and all the things, typically anyway, in a non-COVID world. Sometimes things get postponed during COVID, but that's another story. But anyway, let's say typically we've wrapped all of our productions in the December period and then it's that school holidays, summer holiday January where we're off and then we come back in February. So during that time you usually have a lot of unenrollments. Well I did back in the day. So people would drop out and not re-enroll for the new year. That's normal you're always going to lose some clients but for me um, I found that the retention rate this this time um, from that December, so that term four 2021 to term one 2022 was amazing. So we, we only lost 7% of our numbers. So we had a 93% retention rate, right? There's a lot involved in how we retain our students and might just save that for another 
another show actually. I should just do a retention show. <laughs> I think that would be helpful. Um, <clears throat> but also um, I also help my coaching clients with retention strategies as well. Now let's talk about what's made my numbers so um, so increased in this new season. So um, just to give you an idea, um, the numbers we've received in inquiries from December through to February, we ran a heavy um, Facebook marketing campaign. Now, guys, I will tell you that I am not a Facebook ads guru. I'm not. It's not my, it's not my wheelhouse. Um, I used to do it for myself and I got some traction, but there's no way I get anywhere near as much traction as I do now. So for me, I know it's a great investment to have a digital marketer on your side. Um, now, there will be some things that you'll say to yourself. Um, some people say, I can't afford, that's great, Joe, but I can't afford a digital marketer. I can't afford a Facebook ads. I can't afford um, to invest into a team to help. I can't afford blah, blah, yada, yada. <laughs> and I used to say this to myself too. But guess what? You can't afford not to. Um, if you won't invest money into some level of marketing, then you do need to learn to do it yourself. I received over in the last month, we were, we have received, I think two, two weeks ago, it was sitting at about 700 inquiries for the month. Um, we're, we're over that now. We're like into the thousands, like over a thousand now. So we've got over a thousand inquiries in the last, I don't know, six to eight weeks um, just by running Facebook ads. Yes, I do run in multiple locations. Even then, if we have, let's say, nine locations. So again, I'm, I'm going to be rebutting all of the excuses you're going to be telling yourself and me in the stratosphere right now. You're going to be saying, oh, that, that's wonderful for you. Of course, you got over a thousand um, inquiries. You've got nine locations. Okay, let's put this into perspective. A thousand divided by nine. Let's say you've got one location. Okay, cool. So maybe you'd only get over 100 inquiries. That's fantastic. So so this is what I'm saying. Um, the, the numbers don't lie. If we have nine locations and we averaged about 1,000 inquiries over the last six to eight weeks, if you were to run some marketing campaign with someone who knows what they're doing, <laughs> Whether that's you or someone in your team willing to learn, could be an assistant or an admin or a digital marketer, then you could have over 100 inquiries sitting in your inbox right now for the last month. Okay. Um, do note as well, I just want to be clear. Remember, we only have X amount of kids per site. So we might, let's say we run one program over in I don't know, let's say Bellevue Hill. Let's say we've got a program there and that one is only one class, sublease for the hour, for the couple of hours, one class, and there might be 15, 20 kids in that class. So think of it like that too. Like we might have multiple locations, but we still only have as many classes as some one studios that have one, one headquarters. 
So there's real, but yes, of course, you're, we're tapping into different markets, but yes, you, you can do it too. Um, so the first thing was, um, we, we actually increased our marketing budget over these school holidays. Now, some people would have said because of Omicron, they would have pulled their marketing budget. We did the opposite. We upped it. And you might go, that's crazy. Why would you increase your marketing spend during the time when everyone was freaking out? Do you know why? Because we knew everyone else would be freaking out and they would be pulling their advertisements and stop marketing. So guess what happened to our ads during um, the quiet season? They peaked to the top. And guess what the best part about it is? Is we spent less per click because there was less competition. So we actually were, our click cost, our per click cost rate went down, but our inquiries went up. So there you go. When everyone else was running a little bit concerned, we took that as an opportunity to go through full on into the marketing space and, and claim the center spot. And that's what we did. Um, because of that risk, it was a risk. Don't get me wrong. This was money that I didn't just have sitting in reserves. I, I, I did take a punt. Um, but without, you know, risk, there is no gain, I suppose. Um, I did take a little bit of a risk. And of course, you need to take, um, the risk that is, that is within your safe and comfortable space. That is, you know, that you can do. I'm not, you know, I wouldn't go take a loan to go put a marketing campaign on. That's, you know, go speak to someone else about that. So that's not the advice I'm giving here. What I'm saying is we took a bit of a risk um, by increasing our budget, but we knew, we just knew it was, we knew it was going to work. I don't know. There was something about it. It was time. We Because our, our numbers have been main, we've been on maintenance mode, let's face it, for the last two years due to COVID. We've been on maintenance mode, just making sure this business stays afloat. You know, we've, we've kept our numbers steady which has been so amazing, but we haven't been able to grow. So our growth has been stunted literally for two years. And I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Because we've been just so heavily affected by the pandemic. But we were proud of ourselves to at least retain our levels. So if we lost students, we'd replenish them. That was through providing virtual um, programming as well. So we were, be- we were able to do that. Um, but yeah, so we maintained our business for the last two years and then we saw this opportunity, you know, everything is opening up again. Yes, there are restrictions and Omicron was there, but we thought, nah, this is it. This is the time people are ready. People are ready. Parents are cr- going crazy. I mean, I know for myself, <laughs> I just want my kids out there doing stuff, you know, like, yes, there is some uncertainty when you send them out into the world in these times but their mental health means a lot to me as a mother and so I'm sending my kids back to like they haven't been doing swimming or all these things and my kids are now swimming Um, I'm booking my daughter in for gymnastics my son's starting soccer both like my kids might they they both do the musical makers club programming of course although I'm still trying to convince my little five-year-old boy to do it and he's adamant he doesn't want to. I'm like, oh, that's sad. <laughs> I just imagined him doing it. And he might still, but anyway, I'm not going to force the issue at this point. My daughter loves it, of course. 
Um, but anyway, so so the key thing here so far is, so number one, we retained 93%, which was a great start to the year, have to say. But then number two, we, we invested in marketing. We, we actually increased our marketing budget, okay? Now, the results from those 1,000-odd inquiries, um, what we do is we book what we call a free trial or an, a free orientation. So, so, you know, look, when you go to the Facebook world, you might get like the hit rate might only be that, oh, let me have a look at my stats here. Um, it might only be, you know, that, I don't know, say 20% for us it's actually, let me have a look. Um, so if we last year, our conversion rates of total inquiries, so from the moment of inquiry to enrolment was 12%. That doesn't sound like a lot. It was up, it was it was actually higher the year prior at 25%, but with um, COVID it dropped a lot last year. But that's okay. Let's let's sit at 12%. So what? Numbers don't lie, right? So let's say you only convert 12% of your inquiries, but you've got to do the stats for yourself. I keep what's called a dashboard. So this is another good point. I keep what's called a dashboard. It's essentially a metrics table where I write down every quarter, um, you know, how many trials we booked, um, how many inquiries did we receive, how many of those inquiries actually booked, so I get these percentages, how many attended the trials, how many of those trials attended actually enrolled, yada, yada. So, you know, um, these metrics help me forward uh, plan our numbers. So if I know, and again, I think it's going to rise back up to the 20, I'm hoping anyway, that it's going to go back up to that 25% conversion rate from inquiry. But let's say, I don't know, let's say it's 25% for the sake of the exercise. So I know if I get a thousand inquiries and I, and I know from my statistics year on year that I'm going to convert 25%. By the way, it's been 25 anywhere from 23 to 25% for three consecutive years, only last year it plummeted to 12% conversion from inquiries. So that's an important thing to know as well. Um, so let's say it's 25%. Then I know that out of if a 1,000 people call or email us under their current system of returning, like getting back to them, we know that we're going to get 250 new students. If 100 people making it, you've got to figure out the stats for your locality and for your business, but these are really good stats to know, right? You should be recording how many contact, how many people contact you um, so that you can get these stats too because then you can forward plan. You know, right, I've gotten 100 inquiries this month or this quarter, so I'm going to enroll 25 new students based on the stats. Yeah. So what I would say to you is um, metrics, dashboards, you, you should start logging really basic information like this. Now I keep this information in a simple spreadsheet in my Google drive. 
um, whatever works for you. But I find a spreadsheet to be really basic and easy. And again, for my coaching clients, I happily share my um, dash my dashboards, how I do it. And I happily share um, like, you know, how I keep my weekly metrics and the questions I'm asking myself in my metrics um, template. So my coaching clients receive um, exclusive access to the, that sort of these sorts of tools and resources. But, you know, look, these are things you can create yourself. Um, you know, just asking yourself the right questions. What is the information or data that's going to help me track improvement, sales, what's working, what's not? Okay. Um, okay, cool. So, so we've talked about, you know, that, in, that retention element, that investing element, and we've also talked about the dashboards and the metrics to help you stay on track so you can start forecasting what it's going to look like for you based on how many people are contacting you, okay? The next thing that also, so, so based on that, um, at the moment, I think actually we are on about 25%, I believe, because we've hit around a 1,000 inquiries for the last six to eight weeks. And I think we've got about, uh, we've got a few, yeah, two, 300 people booked so far for trial and we haven't contacted everyone yet. So, yeah, I think we're pretty much on track to, to improve on that, that plummeted conversion rate of 12%. And again, a lot of that happened as well because we had that lockdown last year. So we had all these kids that booked for trials and then a lot of them were virtually done. And yeah, so that plummeted our results last year big time. But that's just the way it went down, you know. (laughs) That was just the way it went down. The next key factor that I should really mention is persistence and focus. So we know that as business owners, entrepreneurs, creatives, that we can be really attracted to the shiny new thing. What I would say to that is you need to remain focused um, and you need to be persistent. I truly believe that persistence is my superpower. If there's anything I am, it's persistent and I don't give up. I don't give up easy. Like I am a the show must go on kind of gal. (laughs) Um, I know this to be true. I get this feedback a lot from clients. Like actually one of my top clients said to me the other day, is, you know, because we were doing a production in January because it had been bumped and it was all during that Omicron stuff. She's like, oh, is this actually going to go ahead? She's like, you know what, Joe, if anyone's going to, to make it happen, it's you. And I was like, cool, my clients can see that. Like I'm I'm a person that's seen as someone who makes it happen and I don't do it at the compromise of quality or safety. I mean, I would have gone live stream or done it via Zoom camera if I had to, but that show would have gone on, right? Um, and it did go on and we took the precautions and, you know, a lot happened. There were There were some things like, you know, we had quite a few refunds of ticket sales that we had to swallow and you know I'm not saying it was easy okay every time we got a refund request due to a COVID case it was yeah it wasn't fun um but we got through it and we did it and we came out not in the red which to me is a plus for that January period anyway which was like the height of Omicron and was pretty scary for a lot of people because again we didn't know what was happening 
Um, but persistence has been my best friend for a long time. I didn't always have focus, I must admit, especially in my younger creative days. Um, focus was something I didn't have and I constantly was shifting and changing. I'd get bored of an idea, move on to the next, try and improve on something that was only still in development mode um, and, like, you know, hasn't even had a chance yet to grow. Um, so that didn't work for me when I used to jump from thing to thing. But now that I remain super focused and I continue to be persistent in a good way, that I know that I'm going to get the results. Now, to be honest, it was a little hard for me to put this episode together at first because I was unsure if I should share this because of tall poppy syndrome, I suppose. Um, Worried about, you know, like I'm in a lot of studio owner groups and creative groups and performing arts groups and people are talking about the struggle and I've felt the struggle too, but I have to admit this season we've had our best season ever and it's like I shouldn't have to feel guilty about that but you can't help but worry if you share that information that sometimes people might perceive you as gloating or um, non-genuine or not um, relatable or all these things, you know. And I just thought to myself, you know what, I really owe it to my community to share it and, again, I always come back to that obligation piece where I live in obligation and I want to serve my community and give the best um, the best value I can to you guys. So I'm sharing this not to go, oh, look at me. Um, I'm sharing this so that you guys can benefit from the information and maybe pick up on something that might help you along the way too. Look, I didn't do this alone. I've had help, Um, help in the way of, like I told you, I had a digital marketer. That's definite. I also have a customer service, um, sorry, a customer experience manager. So she actually receives all of the inquiries and responds to them. We have templates, guys. We don't just like, we're not reinventing the wheel every time someone contacts us. We have systems and templates because there's no other way to deal with an influx of over a thousand inquiries in a short period of time. So um, I counted last year that we had a thousand and three inquiries across the entire year. Not, inc- I mean, obviously we get more inquiries on Facebook streams and in comments and things like that. They're not counted. So anything we count is something that's come through Messenger on social media, something that is come through email or as a direct website inquiry or a phone inquiry. Those are the four spaces that we log as inquiries, not comments or questions on posts and things. Then we, um, so then we have template emails and template text messages that we send. So when someone says, I'm interested in this, we can send them the information via a template um, and then we can follow up text with a template text. And then after that, it gets more personal because then once you send that, then the questions, then they're either booking in for the trial, yes or no, or they're, um, they're asking a question. And that's when our customer experience manager drops the templates and then says, okay, now I'm going to engage and really answer whatever it is that they need specifically. Our templates are adjustable. They're not um, set in stone. Of course, if someone talks about their child, we're going to acknowledge that. 
Like, for example, if we're doing Moana, the show, then someone says, oh, my daughter, you know, she loves Moana and she sings around the house every day and all the things. We're going to go, oh, that's, you know, that's beautiful. We love to hear that sort of thing. And then we might go into the template with the, the standard information and invitation to trial. So we're still reading those emails. We're still making sure that we're being relevant to the response. Um, but templates help. So if you haven't got templates, I suggest it. If you be, if you find that you, after investing in your marketing, you get like, a, and that Facebook is not the only way, by the way, Facebook ads, there are an abundance of ways you can do marketing, but Facebook ads works for us um, very well. That's our highest inquiry space. Um, you know, you, once you get, like at first I was doing it all by myself. And then once it started getting heavy, I or I saw there was an increase in inquiries, I realized that I needed to pass this job on to someone else because I couldn't do it anymore. I didn't have time. If I wanted to make sure that this business was developing and I was overseeing everything and really being the CEO of my business, then I couldn't be sitting there responding to email inquiries. Otherwise, it's a it's a full-time job in itself. And, and, and in fact, the, um, the beautiful person we have on our team who's doing it, she went from three days to five days quite quickly because of this very reason, because we, we just need, well, actually she started on one day <laughs> and now she's on five days. <laughs> so there you go. Um, but yeah, it just grew so quickly and, and it was obvious that we needed the support. Yeah, but you you can start at responding yourself. Um, save yourself some time and get those templates created. You're going to love yourself for it. Yes, at first it's a little bit annoying to create, but I save those templates in my drive. We have text message templates, email templates titled with the different um, fields of, you know, depending on the relevance. And um, that's how we manage this massive increase of inquiries. So, guys, we've talked about how retention is important. We've talked about how investing in your marketing is important and not being afraid to invest um, when it's right for you. We've talked about keeping metrics and dashboards. We've talked about the importance of persistence and focus. And then we've talked about um, staffing. So, you know, if you need support and what that looks like in my in my company um, and also how you can ease things with systems such as template texts and emails. And I don't think there's any level where you're too small or too big to begin doing templates. I started templates years ago and I build on them and, and tweak them as I go. I, I even just tweaked three of them today um, that I created like two years ago. Um, you know, and I was doing it when I was only at small numbers. So, you know, if I look back, goodness, let's have a look. If I look back on the years of how many students we had when we first started, oh, look, I just don't think it was huge. I mean, we had something like, I don't know, I think I started with like 40 students or something like that a few years back now, something like that. We were a small studio. I had one location and 40 students. That was it, you know. And um, at the time, that felt exciting because it was new. doesn't matter where you're at. Even then I started templates and it saved me time because I was a one-man band. I was teaching the, all the classes. I was 
doing all the admin. I was responding to inquiries. I was making my own marketing. I was creating the ads, printing things, putting them in school newsletters, calling schools, getting like all the things. I was learning Facebook advertising and, you know, it wasn't doing very well, but I was doing it. I was trying. I was boosting posts. I was doing whatever I could, you know, Um And that was when I was a one-man band. And so being a one-man band, even more so you need templates, no matter the size, even if you've only got 25 students, save yourself hours of work. It might be a little bit of a setup at the beginning, but trust me, it's so worth it. Anyway, I hope that the insight into my best enrollment season ever was helpful. Um, I'm hoping that it can help you have your best. Now, like I said at the beginning, um, I am a performing arts business strategist and coach. I have opened up a few spots for private coaching. That's one-on-one with me. And what I would love is if you're thinking about it, um, I would love you to reach out and book a discovery call with me. It's free. Come and have a 15-minute chat with me um, and tell me about your business. Yeah, it's obligation free. It costs nothing. And it means I get to know you, you get to know me and we can have a conversation. Let's see if there's a way that I can help you grow your business. Like I said, I started with 40 kids. If that, I was a one man band. Now we have nine um, locations across Sydney and Wollongong. Um, That was in 2015. So seven years later, I've got nine locations across Sydney and Wollongong. We've got over a thousand inquiries rolling in within a six week period. Um, We've booked over 250 trials over a six week period, which is amazing. Um, We've got systems in place and all of these things that didn't happen overnight. This has been a process and I've learned it. And I would love to share with you how you too can increase your student retention, how you can increase your student enrollments and really have that go-to studio or that go-to program or workshop and be um, a teacher that can just be really proud of the offering and and have a bustling class, you know. That's what we want. We want bustling classrooms filled with happy students. Um, Whether they're kids or adults doesn't really matter. We want filled classrooms and lots of smiles and people moving their bodies and using their voices and just having the best time, right? So if I can help you do that, then that's like my purpose. And I'd love for you to to reach out. Like I said, in the comments um, below here, there'll be a um, link to book your free discovery call, or you can check me out on my website, everyone. That's josephinelanecuba.com. And you can contact me there as well. Um, If you head to the about section on my website, you can get to know me a little bit more as well. And and, uh, hopefully I'm the right fit for you. But otherwise, guys, have a beautiful day. And uh, thank you for listening. Bye, everyone. If you enjoyed listening and would like to hear more, be sure to click subscribe. If you're really feeling the love, share us with your friends. To work with me or to simply find out more about the magic of creativity, arts and business, head to my website, josephinelancuba.com and you can find me on socials. I also have a book that I've co-written with a bunch of amazing entrepreneurial women called The Women Changing the World. And you can grab a copy of that at josephinelancuba.com forward slash books. Thanks for listening.